Pinky Lalani, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School Leadership Series today. You are Spice Magic founder and CEO, and, and you also run uh, the Asian Women of Achievement Awards, where you're chairman or chairwoman. Um, let's begin with your own story. Uh, how did you set up your business and why? I set up my business because I really wanted to do something different and work for myself because my children were young um, and I loved food and it was a great way of actually starting because I started teaching adults and then realized there was a bigger market and so I actually went into that market of consulting and doing consultancy for the big supermarkets. And you told that lovely story, didn't you, when you were asked um, how long it takes to cook a curry. You thought someone had asked you how long you'd been in the country and you answered 32 years. Yes, absolutely. I have a hearing problem and that's why I tell people that up front. And obviously when I told this person that I take 32 years, I've been here 32 years, he thought that's how long I take to make a curry. And he said, I'm not coming to your house for dinner. But it was coming to your house to dinner after your marriage that got you started because when you married, your husband didn't realise that, that actually you couldn't cook and it was a three-week whirlwind romance. Absolutely, and I thought he'd have, you know, the staff here that we had in India, so it came as a rude shock that I had to really clean and cook. And I thought, you know, I could just replicate the dishes that we used to eat every day in India, and that was disastrous because my first rice dish it was all soft outside and really hard inside. So really it was because I loved food and entertaining was such a big part of our life that I had to learn to cook. And there I began my journey, really. And you began your journey, but when was it you thought that you were going to turn that love of cooking that you discovered later in life into a business? What motivated you to do that? I think I just stumbled upon that just by really randomly. It wasn't because I had thought of it. It was because I was teaching adults, and then I went on to really do some consulting with the supermarkets. And then I realized I love having people over. And so running these team-building days around cookery made so much of sense. Nobody was doing that. People were like thinking, what is she on about asking corporate teams to come into her house? It's really not done. But it had such a magical effect when people come into your home and you open it up to them. And I think most people really respond to you being authentic, being generous, going the extra mile, taking an interest in them. And marrying that up with food was, I think, a really winning combination. And what corporates did you get on side? Well, really, I mean, you know, most of the um, big corporates are my clients. They've brought people over like Aviva, IBM, Lloyd's. Um, there's been um, Pfizer, Glaxo, um, who, just a lot of them, really all the main corporates. Were you surprised that how people responded to those kind of, in a way, leadership days led by cooking? Because it's not how people are, are used to meeting and, and being trained and, you know, building up a team spirit, is it? Absolutely. It was very, very different. I think I may have been nervous in the beginning um, that will this really take off. But just by bringing them in and seeing the energy it generates, and, and it's so different to anything that they've ever done. A lot of people would come in and say, that was the best part, actually getting out of the office, not going into a corporate hotel, but coming to your home and having a look at your pictures and feeling very much at home that really got it going. And I think what really helped was people would feel so energized at the end of having a day out and eating and just enjoying themselves to go out and talk to others about it. And really it was by word of mouth that everybody started hearing about it. So you didn't say up your business in a traditional way by sitting at the kitchen table and writing a business plan and thinking, I've got to go to the bank and get this much money. It evolved. 
I must confess, I had no vision at all. And with everything I do, it's just that I feel it's right. I have a great deal of passion. And I jump on board. And what's really helped me more than anything else is other people who've supported me. I think, you know, that has been the crucial factor. As I said in my talk, really, is if I can see further, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. And, and those are very much some of the stories you told, aren't they, about being passionate passionate, following your dreams, have a dream in the first place, and the parable of the frog. Absolutely. I think, you know, what all of us need is people around us who believe in us. And I think sometimes women need that even more than men. And I think I've been able to do it because I've had so many people who've really believed in me and been there from the sidelines taking me to go on. And I think what really we need to bring into business and to be successful is to believe in what we do, to be passionate, to enjoy it. I think... There's nothing worse than doing something that you don't really enjoy. So it was really bringing all that together that got it working. And never pass someone by if you can help them. That's very much an ethos that you follow. Is that a business value too? Very much a business value. I go really the extra mile if I can because I realise that I've been able to do all the things I've done because of the kindness of others, people who really... Sometimes I just say, I really need sponsorship for this, or, you know, we're doing this event, and somebody will come up with it. And I'm so amazed, because often not the people who I've actually helped, but somebody totally different. Um, yesterday we had Maggie Darling come to give out some awards. and Alistair Darling, the chance, Chancellor's wife. wife. Yes, absolutely. And it was for the Asian Women's Resource Centre, and, um, you know, the warmth she has, she's now going to have a party for children from our centre at number 11. And those kind of things I could never, ever have dreamed of. You didn't ask for. I didn't know people would do that. Now, you set up the Asian Women of Achievements Awards. Why? Well, I think, you know, there was the stereotype of Asian women staying at home and frying onion pudgers. And I remember when I first came to England, people would say, oh, do you walk two steps behind your husband? And I'd say, no, I walk ten steps behind him, so he doesn't know what I'm getting up to. And I think for me it was recognising that there are so many different talented Asian women. We've discovered an Asian opera singer, a salsa dancer, a stand-up comedian. I mean, Asian women come in so many forms, and I found all of them just thrive if you give them a little recognition. They actually want to run and fly much higher, so that is the ethos of the awards. And you also seem to rope people in. You mentioned Sherry Blair and her foundation, Baroness Helena Kennedy as, as well, people from all parties, but very much uh, well-known, eminent national names. And you rope them in sometimes by talking to them on a train. Well, yes, I... I strike up conversations wherever I can with different people and I think very often I just pick up the phone and ring up their offices and say would they like to be part of these awards and um, I'm always delighted and sometimes surprised when they say yes but in fact now what's happened I find more people going and talking to other people about it and therefore when I actually ring up they've already done the groundwork for me and so they come on board quite easily. It's called Creating Momentum. But you're one of the 100 most entrepreneurial women in Britain. You've won a Lifetime Achievements Awards. Anything else? Well, I I just think that I'm trying hard to make a difference. And if I can make a difference to the life of women here, and even, you know, just anybody, then I'm actually doing the thing that I'm uh, most passionate about and um, no it's not about titles and you know it's not it really isn't about that it's really about getting the groundswell of people who are actually following you and helping you along.
But at the end of the day, do your books balance? Is it, you've talked about actually not just writing your first cookery book, but, but also your, your second book, Coriander. I mean, is it the promotion of, of those books that creates the revenue? Well, no, the, and they actually, yes, Spice Magic now obviously has created revenue. Coriander is really in the early stages. But more than that, I feel I can get out and meet incredible people, which I wouldn't be able to meet without the medium of the books. I'm actually taking Coriander Makes the Difference to the U.S. and doing six events in seven days. Um, and I'm excited by that because I think food goes across countries, continents, all kinds of people. And today what was really interesting, so many people came up at the end and said I reminded them of their mother. And it was mainly this element of trying to nurture people. And I think that's what I find most interesting, that, that that's what actually unleashes their own potential. And, and at the end, you also said very sincerely, if anybody emails me, I'll email them back. That wanting to help, that reaching out, is it very much part of your character? Absolutely. I always think that, you know, as I said earlier, you have not lived a perfect day unless you've done something for someone who can never repay you. So I'm very happy when people email me. I'll email them and say, do you want to come over and have lunch with me? And if they say yes, I'm more than happy. And so I really have a lot of people coming over, some of them I've never even seen before. But I think that you don't need to know someone to have them over to your house. I'm very happy to make that difference, and food is such a great way of doing that. Have you ever thought, Pinky Lalani OBE, what it is that makes you an entrepreneur? Well, I think I like to do things differently and to be creative. I didn't think I was creative, but I realized when I start doing something, if I really want to do it, I know if I believe in it and if I smile enough and feel energized by it, people buy into it. And I think that's what makes an entrepreneur, somebody who's willing to be creative, to go the extra mile, to not give up, to take risks, and to really take other people on board. Passion. Absolutely. Passion, energy, um, and really positive energy and a love for what you do. And I think also very important is love for other people. I really love hearing people's stories and um, seeing in what way we can help them to fly. I think really I feel I want to do something for the young generation coming up. They have so much of potential, but they really need people to believe in them. And I've seen how when you actually... Tell them how good they are, their whole energy level, their achievement level, just absolutely soar. And I've also noticed how people really want to come back and help you. So all the time, yesterday I met someone who's with the Treasury, a young Asian girl, and her first email to me was, in what way can I help you? And I think that's wonderful. I don't want to lose that momentum. I'm sure you never will. Pinky Lalani, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today spice magic founder and ceo i've enjoyed it very much thank you so much i've enjoyed being here